Welcome to Money's a Mitch podcast. I'm Mitch Newman, and I am determined to provide you with the best of the best state-of-the-heart tools and techniques to support you in redefining, reframing, and reigniting. That's a lot of re's. That flame inside of you that will propel you to your next levels of success. Together, we're going to explore and do a deep dive into really all aspects of conscious leadership and what it really takes to lead oneself and others at this higher level of consciousness with the intention and the outcome of creating maximum impact and contribution in all areas of your life. We will laugh, most definitely cry, the good cry, of course, hopefully, and without a doubt, discover the magic that exists inside of each and every one of you. So, if you're not afraid of the unknown, let's get to it. Hey, you're here. I'm here. Let's do this. My name is Mitch Newman, and I am super excited that you are spending a little bit of time, hopefully an investment of your time, to discover a little bit more about yourself in terms of how you lead yourself, potentially how you lead other people, how you can be more effective at doing so from what I reference all the time as a higher level of consciousness, higher level of awareness, a higher level of presence, higher level of contribution and consideration for other people and what they're looking to achieve, to accomplish, and making sure that your goals are in alignment as well. And how can we do this thing together? But first and foremost, we talk about always, always first and foremost, leading yourself before you can lead other people. And I run into situations daily. Absolutely every day where someone is experiencing some level of challenge or, uh, some level of disruption in their ability to lead themselves and other people. And I'm also aware of patterns, patterns of behavior, where I get the same calls over and over again. The person's name changes, the situation changes, sort of. But the generalized feeling that is created and the generalized anxiety that uh, accompanies it is the same. And so my responsibility is to be able to point that out. So if people call me, well, they either call they either call me or they don't call me. They call me because they are, they're open to me pointing it out or they avoid me because they don't want to. Because they know on some level probably that it's their responsibility and their ownership that's necessary and they're just not there yet. They're still not uh, willing at that point to really take a deeper look at themselves. And that's okay. We're all in different places and spaces along our journey. And some find great value in the ownership, what I call the freedom in the ownership of situations and circumstances that we get ourselves into, where they just go, oh, God, thank you. Like, I see that, and I don't want to do that anymore. And I realize the negative loop that it puts me on in that, uh, that, that chemical loop that it puts me in, I just I, I don't want to do it anymore. And other people aren't ready, or other people find another way. It's okay. I have zero judgment on any of it. But when we talk about being chemically addicted to outcomes, it really comes down to a pattern of behavior that creates the same kind of result 
It creates the heightened, same heightened level of emotion, fear of loss, fear of failure, doubt, uncertainty, judgment, self-judgment. That's beautiful. That's a beautiful one, self-judgment. My God, it'll rip you apart in seconds. But a lot of times what we don't realize is that over time that we become, our body literally becomes addicted, as the mentor mind says, we become addicted to uh, the thoughts and the feelings that we're creating and the subsequent chemical drop that happens in our body. Like our body literally becomes an addict. And we'll get that experience through going into what's referenced as fight or flight. Fight or flight is the response or reaction, I should say, of the human body, which exists in all animals in the animal kingdom, when there's a threat, when there's a fear, when there's a doubt, uncertainty, there's a fight or flight. Emotions get elevated, blood, blood pressure, pulse, everything gets heightened. You feel your heart beating through your chest, and the brain drops cortisol and adrenaline because the point of it ultimately was designed thousands of years ago. Oh my God, there's a dinosaur chasing me. I better get out of here because it was literally life or death. And if you if it's death, then you're not procreating and then you're not creating where we're at to be where we are today. So it's the ability of fight or flight, that reaction in the body that that is the reason I'm here today and that you're here today, that you're actually listening to my voice. <clears throat> excuse me, and hopefully learning something for yourself. Because someone in our past had the uh, fortitude and strength and power in their legs to go, I got to get out of here. I got to go. <laughs> Tyrannosaurus Rex is on my tail. And what happens over time, that is a, a, a built, in, built into the human system, built into the animal kingdom system, right? That's built into our DNA. And what happens over time is that that becomes utilized and called upon more often because of the amount of stress that we have in our lives. I remember walking into a chiropractor and uh, literally I couldn't, I was like hunched over, my neck was contorted. I, I looked at the hunchback of Notre Dame. And I remember saying to him, I said, you know, I had this thought, like, what did people do like hundred something years ago? Like when there was no such thing, or at least the awareness of a chiropractor getting an adjustment. Like, what do people do? Like, I mean, I can barely drive here to get to my appointment. And he said, well, they've done studies. I don't know what the studies were or how they did them, but they, they were able to determine that the amount of stress that the average human experiences in the course of a day with cell phones and emails and immediate gratification and just the pace at which we move now compared to 100 plus years ago. That we it would take it would take probably thirty to forty five days to build up stress in the system from those days to equal the amount of stress that we have today in one day in one day. Well, as strange as that sounds, it does make sense when you think about it. But what ends up happening is that we start to realize that the, that the more often we're going into fight or flight, we wake up, we look over at the and at the nightstand, and we pick up our phone and there's a stressful text message and immediately, boom, we're in fight or flight. Cortisol, adrenaline, hundreds of other chemicals dropped into the system. 
all confirming, oh my God, got to handle this, got to handle this, got to handle this. Then something else comes up, got to handle this, got to handle this, got to handle this. And then there's a pause and there's a break. And all of a sudden the body's like, hmm, I could use some more of that stuff. Let's see what else we can find. Or if we have to, let's create something. So a lot of times people will let certain things, not consciously, but they'll let certain things lapse that all of a sudden they know will catch up to them. Why? Because it then puts them into fight or flight. So what happens is over time, uh, we start to believe that this fight or flight response makes us feel more alive, like we're actually getting something accomplished when we're in fight or flight. It's like watching those frantic moments whenever you've seen them on a, in a movie or uh, on any kind of a show that shows like the floor of the stock exchange and the buy, sell, and the craziness and all that's going on. Like we, We're like that during the course of a day. Most people. Take away our cell phones. I remember a few weeks back when uh, Facebook and Instagram shut down and people were losing their minds because that immediacy, that that stress response to be able to check our messages, to see who liked what we wrote or commented on what we wrote or who aggravated the crap out of us. All of a sudden, we couldn't do that. I remember when, the, when I found out that it went down, I just went, ah, oh, I don't have to do anything today. Well, I have stuff to do, but I don't have to do anything on social media. And I felt incredible relief. I felt unbelievable relief. I didn't bother for a second to even check to see if it went back up until, until I talked to somebody on the phone that said, oh, yeah, that was crazy, wasn't it? Well, it's back up now. And I went, oh, okay. Now, I check my phone and I'm on social media from time to time for sure, like everybody else. I'm not addicted to it. I don't think. I don't think. But I realized that I felt such relief that all of a sudden I could just relax. Like all of a sudden my body just chilled out. See, there's nothing that urgent. But what ends up happening is, is, is the thought that it's urgent is really about the body just craving that cortisol and adrenaline. So conscious leaders, though, when you're actually leading at a higher level, people are coming at you. You're not going to believe what happened. You got to handle this. What do we do? There's always that, right? There's always that stuff where people are panicking and freaking out. Why? They're in fight or flight. Conscious leadership asks of you as much as possible, hopefully always, but at least if it happens, it happens for a shorter period of time when it does, that you not find yourself participating in this chemical addiction to success, to succeeding. That people will come to you and they will have challenges in their lives. And you're going to respond to the situation at hand and deal with it in the moment based on the circumstances, slowing it all down, asking the right questions, seeking the right best possible answers, and then taking whatever form of action is necessary. Now, that's a different way of leading. I would like to think that it's a better way of leading, that we start to respond more than we react. Well, for sure, it's going to be better for the body because those that are chemically addicted to the cortisol and adrenaline usually find themselves pretty exhausted at the end of the day. And at some point, we'll find that their body is just not meant to run at that level. See, a dinosaur chasing you is in the moment. The need to get away is in the moment. It, it, it can't be all the time. The human body is not designed to function on that level for long periods of time. 
And at some point, if we don't address it, the body starts to break down. And it's very confusing because we have images of what leadership looks like back against the wall. We still see it all the time on social media. When they share with you or show somebody that's going through an injury and they're fighting back, they're an athlete or whatever. And it's like they're playing this great music in the background and it's all building and they're sweating and they're bleeding and they're injured and they're swollen and they're (laughs) just watching like somebody's going through it and they're not willing to give up. They're not going to give up. They're going to come back and they come back and then they come back and it's like this, wow, this great story. Maybe you're even crying. I know there's ones of them that make me cry. And, And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with those stories. I think it's when in a situation when your back is genuinely against the wall and you overcome to become, that's inspirational to me. When you create scenarios and participate in scenarios to put your back against the wall to then overcome to become, I'm not as impressed. Now, you're inducing fight or flight to make you feel more alive to get you to do something. This idea that your back has to be against the wall in order for things to be accomplished. Well, you know what? I truly believe, and if I've learned anything through conscious leadership, is that you can create from a joy of place of joy and peace and prosperity and abundance and excitement and enthusiasm that you can actually do that you could you don't have to have your back against the wall you don't have to have a situation or a circumstance that you have to overcome to become that you have to have to keep reproving yourself over and over again it takes a toll on the body I've watched it all the time. I see it all the time when people call me up and I know they're going through it and I know they're running and they're going and they're doing and they're nonstop and their, their backs against the wall and it's all on them and they've got to figure this out. And then they finally figure it out. And next, you know, they have bronchitis. (laughs) God, it's tough to watch. We get ourselves sick as a result of it. Why? Because the body is not designed to operate 24 seven in that capacity. It's just not. So when you start to learn that circumstances and situations that you can actually create an outcome that you're looking to achieve from a place of joy without having to have your back against the wall, you start to go, hmm, that's kind of an interesting approach. Now, the body's not thrilled with it because the why? Because the body's an addict. It wants the good stuff or what it thinks is the good stuff. And you have to break that addiction. A lot of times people work in different industries where it comes down to the close of a month. comes down to the close of a month. they got to close strong. And so they program themselves to wait until the end of the month and then go crazy. They don't sleep. They don't shower. They don't eat. They're nonstop on the phones. They're hustling. They're going. They're doing. They feel tremendously alive. The drugs are flowing through their body. Cortisol is just ripping through and it's like, oh my God. And then you meet the deadline. It's like, oh yes. And then you collapse. And then the the eerie part of that, the sad part of that is the first three or four days of the new month when you're trying to get started, you're recovering. And (laughs) you're not even able to, to get going out the gate come the first of the month. And so we start to program, people start to program their bodies to adhere to certain deadlines and timeframes. 
Oh, it's due on the it's due on the fourteenth. Well, great, it's the first. Let's get started. Yeah, well, something else comes up. Something else you have to do. Next thing you know, it's the eleventh. Oh God, better get going. And there's a pattern to that kind of behavior. There's a pattern to that kind of behavior. Conscious leadership says you can break the pattern. You have to make a choice to no longer be chemically addicted, to change the way you see yourself succeeding, to realize you don't have to be chemically addicted to succeed. You can actually do it from, if anything, whatever chemicals get dropped in the body when you're happy and joyful and grateful. I mean, my God, those chemicals don't put stress on the body. You start to realize that you can manifest and achieve from that place and all of a sudden, all of a sudden, everything shifts and all of a sudden, the dynamic shifts. And then people come to you and they're in a panic and they see, gosh, you're always so calm. Mitch, why are you always so calm? Well, listen, I have my moments like everybody has their moments. But I stay calm because I realize that I'm being asked to respond to something, to create an outcome. Perhaps it's never been created before. And if I'm going to rely on fight or flight, which is indicative of the choices that I've made in the past, then there's a greater likelihood that I'm going to make a choice from the past. And if I'm going to create something I've never created before or do something in a way I've never done before, the past is not going to be the place I want it to come from. I want it to come from a new way of being, a new way of doing. So I leave you with this. I leave you with this. Have a strong inside game. Have a strong inside game inside practice, whatever you want to call it, in place. Meditation, gratitude, taking care of your physical body. Starting to develop this awareness that you don't have to stress out the body to perform. And you're going to have to starve yourself. It's kind of like those first few days when you're going, when you're eating like crap and you and you got to clean out your system. The first few days, those days can be miserable. Your body's like, hey, Where's the sugar? Where are those carbs? Starts to freak out. You get tired. You get lethargic. You get moody. You get angry. You start developing unbelievable cravings for stuff. And you've got to just work through that. So whether you need to write about it, write about it. Gratitude through it. Gratitude through it. Meditate. Meditate. Do all of it. Don't hesitate. Once you break the chemical addiction and you realize that you can create and lead yourself and others from a place of joy and inspiration, the whole world changes. Your world changes. I'm Mitch Newman. We'll see you again next time. Hey, so if you like this episode, make sure to subscribe to this podcast so, you know, we can hang out every Monday. You can also follow me on Instagram at Life's a Mitch. And if you feel so inspired, make sure to tag me in your stories. I really appreciate hearing from people who are listening in. So if you have any ideas, any feedback, any questions, don't be shy. Please send them along. Who knows? Something you share or suggest may spark a future episode. So until next week, remember, life's a Mitch and then you thrive. 